0: I forgot you guys are time travelers over there. Hey
1: everybody, and welcome to episode 7 of i Freaks. This week on our panel we have Pete Hodgson. Good morning from sunny San Francisco. Rod Schmidt.
2: Hello from Salt Lake
1: City. And Ben Sherman. Hello from two hours in the future. <laughs> Whoa. It only feels like one hour in the future from here.
3: Yeah, I guess you're more advanced than Pete is. There
1: we go. Whenever I'm talking to Australians, I always ask them what tomorrow is going to be like for me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. One announcement before we get going. I've set up an Indiegogo campaign to get us a little bit more cohesive website that uh, gives a lot of features that fans of this and other shows have asked for. So if you would like to donate, I would really appreciate that. Just go to ifreaks.com slash Indiegogo, and we would really appreciate your contributions. So you're going to go back in time
3: and make that URL work for the listeners? Yeah. Awesome. This
1: is the time-traveling episode. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's jump in and talk about WWDC. I, I know historically it's sold out in a matter of days and then a matter of hours, and this time it sold out in like two minutes. 70 seconds. 70 seconds.
3: Is there actually an official... Uh, I mean that's kind of it. Even though it was the sales were sold out, so many people had tickets in their shopping cart that later got calls. So it's I don't know if you could really count that number, but uh, for the most part, it was the fastest sellout ever. Yeah, I think it definitely definitely
0: sold out fast. I think we can agree on that.
3: Yeah, yeah. We had uh, four of us at my company uh, trying to go, and uh, two of us got tickets and two did not, and then uh, one of them. Uh, had an error during sign in. So like he couldn't even sign in to even get started. And, uh, the other one got a, a crash on checkout and she actually got a call later on that night saying, Hey, we're going to send you an email, blah, blah, blah. And you'll get your ticket tomorrow or something, but you still have one. So that was good that they were able to reach out to people because there's so many people on Twitter were just like fuming mad that like, you know, what else can I do? You know, I'm sitting here in front of the computer at the time you tell me, and it's, you know, it's basically you're at the at the whim of whether or not your uh, your clock is synchronized with Apple's, and the, your route to the internet is faster than everybody else's, and you know, everything else.
0: Mm-hmm. I read someone's blog post or heard a podcast. Oh, it was the Accidental Tech podcast. They were saying that essentially at this point it is a lottery, and they should just make it a lottery, and just you know, for a, a week before the tickets go on sale, everyone can register for, you know, I'm interested in a ticket, and then
3: they just yeah. pick it out. At least you'd be upfront about it, yeah. and people wouldn't stress out about, you know, things. I also read, you know, an article um, from, I can't remember where it was, but they were talking about, you know, what if somebody has, like, a physical disability and can't click and type as fast as everybody else, like, they would be out. And yeah, that's just kind of unfortunate that they have this um, the stressful two-minute situation where everybody's trying to get a ticket and can't.
1: Yeah, now, I understand that the Moscone Center holds a whole lot more people than they sell tickets for, and I've heard some people say that it's so that they can, you know, that's the number of people that they can kind of give the experience they want to give to. I haven't been to WWDC, so I really have no idea how true that is. I can buy that. Like Yeah, I think it would ruin it. There's already so
3: many people, and while it would be good to accommodate more people just finding people that, you know, talking, you know, making connections and stuff like that. It becomes harder. The larger a conference gets and the lines are really long. I don't know. It just seems like it would be really, it's already the largest conference I've ever been to. Uh, if they were to add more people in there, it just seems like it would be difficult to maintain. Mm-hmm. Like for instance there's you know they had they do sessions like any other conference, and there's going to be some sessions that are more popular than others and What do you do for those sessions where there's not enough chairs in the room and right now, what they do is they have a repeat session somewhere else, so they would end up having even more repeat sessions
0: well, they could do the, the same like topics
3: the, right or
0: they do like the overflow thing that they do for the keynote where they have mm-hmm. like the, the main room and then the overflow room where you kind of go into the
3: yeah, right. just watch, watch, watch
0: the video live.
3: <laughs> yeah, so there's a uh, you know this ongoing debate of like when should you show up for the keynote, and people start showing up at, like maybe 9 p.m. the night before oh, uh, to be first in line. Uh, I, I'm not that crazy. So last year was my first year, and we were talking about okay, when when should we go, and we decided just kind of wake up, have breakfast, and walk over there, and we get there when we get there. Uh, we walked all the way around Moscone, Moscone. like we decided to to walk around counterclockwise <laughs> and we walked around three sides of the building to get to the end of the line. Yeah, I did the same thing. And uh but you got to see a lot of people and you know that experience in the line was pretty awesome. And uh me and my colleague uh Kevin Lee we were we were the last people let into the main conference room. I mean the what do you call it? session room that auditorium that holds like 3000 people or something. And it was me and him were the last ones and everybody else had to go to the overflow room.
1: I have I, was say, in the <laughs> I have to say that uh, my seats for the keynotes have been pretty darn good. I mean, you know, I sit here in my chair and watch them online. And, <laughs> you know, I, I see everything. It's it's real nice.
3: Yeah, it was difficult for me to see in the back. I, you know, I had didn't have a good seat or anything. But you can say
1: you did it. Yeah. So, uh, what what kinds of sessions do they have at WWDC? So the funny thing is, is they have they have a really awesome iPhone app companion
3: that actually is a good experience um i've never really had an iphone app at a conference be a great tool but uh, this one is like an integral part of the experience and they have this schedule that you can sort of mark your favorites on and then it builds you your schedule and has a map and there's some like professional photographers going around taking photos and the funny thing is is when you arrive all the sessions say to be announced to be announced to be announced because it's all secret stuff Uh, and so until you get there until the day of the conference and they start Releasing like what it's about. So last year, the one of the big uh, unveils was UI Collection View, and so that all of a sudden that came out. I guess on Monday during the conference, and there was a handful of sessions on UI Collection View that you could go to. There was, there's just a lot of them. There's stuff on Xcode. There's stuff on, you know, the build tools. It tends to kind of
0: fall into two categories. There's that that stuff like we're going to teach you this new API that we unveiled during the keynote or mentioned during the keynote and then there's uh, sometimes there's kind of repeat kind of stuff that's like you know uh, maybe slightly kind of refreshed but you know how to debug in Xcode or you know beginning with core animation or something like that so there's normally there's like two kind of categories. there's like learn this new well that's the way I look at it anyway there's like learn this new API or learn this new technology that that you're going to need to to use or um, you know just the standard kind of get-better-at-iOS or OSX technology. But they're all technical, right? Like, I don't think, apart from the lunchtime s- slots, there's no fluff. It's all... It's, like, I think there's probably sl- code on ev- in every single presentation.
1: And, and yeah. who gives the presentation? Is it Apple always, staff? Or? Yeah, it's
0: all Apple all the time. There's no non-Apple vendors. There's no non-Apple uh, There's There's
3: some... Um like lightning talks and stuff they've done in the past where oh, yeah? I think they're pretty clear of telling you that they're not Apple employees, but uh but I've heard of people like indies and stuff speaking. But they're it's they're definitely like side sessions. Um I certainly didn't attend any of those last year. I guess um, the
0: lunchtime slots they have like guest speakers and stuff who yeah. are like in- indie developers or someone from Star Trek.
3: Yeah. Yeah, last year I got to see JJ Abrams. That was his, oh, cool. his story was really cool. And I missed uh What's his name? LeVar Burton from Reading Rainbow. I missed him. but uh, <laughs> um, And then there was another one that I missed. It was about a storytelling app, and I can't remember the name of it, but uh, my, my friend said it was really, really inspiring. I think that was the same. Wasn't the, the storytelling app LeVar Burton's thing? Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, yeah I well, think... I missed it. I, you know, you have to plan in some nap time during Dub, Dub because <laughs> uh, it's, it's, you just go, 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 and there's so much material to take notes on and um, right afterwards people are like all right where are we going to go eat where are we going to go drink and there's parties every single night and i mean you will never have a downtime a down moment and so when you're getting back to your hotel room at you know midnight 1 a.m and you got to start again in the morning at 8 it just you know it's a whole week of that and um, you should probably uh, plan on some missing some sessions so you could go relax for a bit
1: i tell people to do that at most conferences they go to anyway Rod, have you been to WWDC? Yeah, um, it's been a while.
2: The last one I was at was uh, when they announced the Intel switch over, which was, what, two thousand four, five, six, 5, somewhere around there?
1: When, yeah. It was forever ago. Yeah. And what was your experience? Do you think it's changed much over the last 7, 6
2: Well, yeah, that was years? before they announced iOS, and you know, since they've announced iOS, that's when it's gotten crazy, so... I don't think it was a problem at all getting tickets back then
0: yeah definitely not too many the amount of iOS content obviously is more more than more than zero but like relatively most of well maybe that's just because I'm more interested in iOS stuff but it seems like most of the most of the talks at DubDub nowadays are uh, iOS There's not that much Mac specific stuff
1: I've kind of gotten that impression too do do they publish all of the sessions or just the keynotes because I know you can yeah. go back and rewatch the keynotes but Yeah, all of the sessions,
3: if you've paid for your Apple developer account, you can go to uh, developer.apple.com slash WWDC, and there's a link in there to download the videos from past years, and that will take you into iTunes, uh, but you have to start with logging in with your um, Apple account. And uh, there's just so many sessions. Um, All of them are high quality, and it's usually, this is the type of um, material that you're not going to get from reading documentation, Sometimes, or reading like the header comments in a .h file, there's just another aspect of insight that you can get as to what Apple was thinking when they wrote this API. You know, what is its intended use? Last year, I really got a lot out of the in-app purchase, the auto-renewable subscriptions stuff, and uh, this year, I have taken the time to sit down and actually do some of it, and it is really, really complicated. I've read the docs a number of times, but I keep going back to that video uh, because that, the video that I watched, I mean, I watched it in person and then watched the video later. It was just, there's stuff in there. There's advice that just somehow doesn't come through in the documentation. So it's, it was definitely really valuable to go, to go see.
1: Now, when you go out there, do you usually try and stay in a hotel close to Moscone Center or do you try and kind of get away from the crowd a little bit or how do you approach that? Uh So I
3: I was close enough where it was, you know, walking distance. It took about 10, maybe 12 minutes or something to walk there. Uh, but it was uphill on the way back. <laughs> and uh, if you have to keep walking back and forth, it gets a little old. Um, I've read numerous people say advice, you know, just get a hotel nearby if you can. This year, my hotel is going to be a lot closer than last year. But I would say, you know, the hotels are expensive. So, you know bunk up with somebody or do something on airbnb where you can you know find an apartment or something where you can share with a few people so that you can get the cost down a little bit
1: yeah it's like they know a whole bunch of people are coming yeah little
3: little did i know um there's actually a wwdc like hotel reservation hotline and they will find you a hotel nearby and you tell them what you want and to me (laughs) it sounded like a big scam like at first but then i you know i went in and Saw that it was actually listed on the WWDC page. If you click on travel, um, there's a hotline, and they will organize rooms. They actually have reserved blocks specifically for that. You have to book through them. And uh, so I called a hotel that I wanted to stay at, and they said they had no um, they had no availability. Um, And they gave me the number to the hotline, and I went and double checked that on the website. And sure enough, I could go through the to the travel hotline and get a, a room reserved. Huh. So that way you don't have to call like 10 hotels. They can just do it all for you.
0: That's pretty sweet. That's, That's sweet. nice as well if you don't know San Francisco and you don't you don't know where the hills are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Google Maps doesn't do a good job of showing you that. Or you don't know where like the sketchy parts of Soma are because that, that neighborhood is like, <laughs> it's like, it's in stripes like a block yeah. like Or like, a, you know, like one street is uh, is really nice and then one street is yeah. super sketchy and then the next street is super nice.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I walked through many of those neighborhoods last year and I yeah. was like, I don't belong here. I should probably scoot on over a few blocks.
0: To clarify, San Francisco is a very, very safe place. And it's like some of those uh, streets are sketchy in that you might see a scary homeless person. or But you're not going to like, I don't know, I, I I've never felt threatened for safety in, around that neighborhood. It's just sometimes you might have like a, a conversation with someone you don't necessarily have a conversation with.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I, I would assume, Pete, that you just stay at home.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't get a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> so another uh, really awesome thing is this is like the one conference I did mention earlier that it's the biggest conference I've ever been to. It's the one conference I've ever seen that actually gets Wi-Fi right. Uh, it's amazing to me how they can get all these people on the internet, and they have this uh, these TVs that show you. I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like a network spectrum analyzer or something that it's, shows you. It's something network about the
0: operations porn. That's what it is.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah, you know, it works, and people are pretty courteous uh, for the most part. About uh, they have a bunch of wired connections in the cafeteria, and so if you want to actually go download, you know, they announce new tools. Uh, and probably we're going to hear the announcement of iOS 7, and we'll be able to download a beta right away. And everybody wants to do that, and that's like right. I don't know, 500 megs or something. And if everybody does that on the hotel Wi-Fi, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually sit down, plug in, eat some lunch, and wait a few minutes, and and have you, the new tools downloaded. Uh, I did that last year. I put iOS 6 on my on my main phone, which was <laughs> kind of a risky thing to do, but it worked out okay. So we'll I have think to they must
0: like they must like locally cache the beta bits or whatever, so that because I I remember someone yeah. saying it downloaded just like rid- ridiculously, rid- like yeah. faster than faster than when you were back in college and you were like directly connected <laughs> to the backbone. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I think the one thing that uh, it's kind of funny because they do have this amazing amazing Wi-Fi, and then during the keynote two years ago, or whenever when Steve Jobs kind of. Uh, told everyone off for, for using the Wi-Fi. The reason that that you keynote uh, they had Wi-Fi issues was because everyone was using MyFi's because they they just assumed that their their you know the Wi-Fi wouldn't be good enough. So everyone had their MyFives turned on, and then you've got like ten bazillion uh, different kind of competing uh, radio signals. But mm-hmm. I think if they'd have just all used to their use MyFi, they all use the the conference Wi-Fi, they would have been fine.
1: I, I remember that, and I remember people talking about it afterward. It's really interesting that they really can have that many people there and not have it totally crap out. Yeah.
0: It's, you know, it's kind
1: of... I wonder, I wonder if they have, like, some
0: someone's done a write-up of how they do it, because it, it would be... I mean, I'm definitely not a hardware guy, so I, it would, loads of it would be way over my head, but it would be interesting to read how they pull that off, because it does seem like a very hard problem to solve to have that many people, all of them with like seven devices (laughs) turned on, you know, and all of them like downloading huge, um, you know, all of them. Yeah,
3: I mean, they'll tell you, you know, don't download the bits on Wi-Fi, please. You know, that's why they they provide, um, you know, you go sit down for lunch and there is a network jack right there, like ready for you to plug into. So it's, you know, if they make it easy enough, people just naturally just use the wire because it's going to be faster anyway. Yeah. I, I was wondering if if God. we could go through. Um, uh, Jeff Lamarche puts out a, a first timers guide. Um, maybe we could just go through this real quick. Yeah, um, that sounds it's like got, a great idea to me. It's got I don't know thirty points, so maybe we could just hit a few of them. Um, I'll go ahead and paste this in the show notes. Yeah,
1: why don't why don't we just go over the ones that you guys think are the most critical ones for people to understand?
3: Okay, the well, number one, it says arrive on Sunday or earlier. I arrived Sunday evening. And so, I missed a lot of the, you know, uh, first parties or whatever, which wasn't such a big deal, but I missed Night of Meat, which uh, I don't want to do again this year. (laughs) Night
1: of Meat?
3: Night of Meat. Uh, That is... M-E-A-T Meat? Yep. There is a... uh, It's like Fogo de Chão or something. And I don't know if you've been to a restaurant like that, but basically, these Brazilian gauchos will come around with swords and steak on a, you know, and they'll cut it off onto your plate and you can have as much as you want. And it's just a glorious event for carnivores. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so they have this and it's, you know, helps a charity. You pay you pay your way, part of it's paid by sponsors, and then like half of what comes in is uh, charity or something like that. Anyway, but that'll fill out quickly. And that happens on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to going to that.
1: So what what kinds of events do they have? I mean, it sounds like they have the the day of meat or night of meat or whatever but are are there other events that are sort of important to be at or are most of them kind of like this where it's fun to be at you know you get plenty of food and plenty of you know for some people plenty of alcohol and you just have a good time
3: yeah usually people will arrange a bus tour to go go visit uh, the mothership go to apple and go to the company store if, if possible and just take a look. I, I may do this as well because I'm getting in early enough on Sunday.
0: The other, so, the other thing to do while you're down if you're down in the peninsula is go to the uh, the computer history museum in San Jose. Definitely worth doing if you're going down in that direction. Maybe that could be a pick.
3: Yeah. I've never done that, but uh, I will have some time that weekend, so maybe I'll make it a you point. Should, to do you that. should
0: do it. You should do it. I've everyone I know that's everyone who's vaguely geeky who's done that. Uh, has always said it's a super fun, super fun little little trip down to San Jose.
3: So last year there was a Heroku meetup where Eloy Duran came in uh, from from Amsterdam and came to talk about Pods. and uh, I just got to lo- meet a lot of people that I had only talked to online before there, and it was cool just to see the Heroku offices and have a beer with you know a bunch of famous geeks. Nice, that was fun. Um, Testflight service for doing ad hoc builds for for mobile apps. Uh, they were giving out free uh, Vietnamese banh mi sandwiches and T-shirts, and so you just have to show up, and they would chat with you for a minute, and you get a sandwich and a T-shirt. That was the spiciest thing I've ever put in my mouth. <laughs> uh, me and my friend were crying; it was so spicy, but it was tasty. Um, I can't remember the name of the food truck, but you might know the one I'm talking about. It was like Om Nom or something.
0: Yeah, I know. I know the one you. Yeah, I I don't know what it's called, but I do know the one you mean. <laughs> Have you uh, Ben or, or Rod? Have you guys been to the official like Apple party? The f- I think it's Thursday night because I yeah, I kind of skipped that. Yes, I just kind of assumed it would be lame, but that's because I'm a total I don't know counterculture <laughs> snob or something.
2: Was is it? Uh, what's that like? Usually they bring in a, a good band. Like I think when I went, they brought in the Killers. Lots of wine and beer and good food.
3: So last year they had uh, the neon trees, and I knew I'd heard of them before. You've probably heard their hit song and uh, Scott Forstall came out and gave a little speech about, you know, it's been a great week, yada, 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 and introduced the band. And there's, you know, beer and food and it it was fun. It was, you know, it was a concert and you're like uh, 50 feet from the band. Uh, so it was pretty cool. I plan on going
1: again this year. So not lame. No, yeah, I liked it.
3: <laughs> and plus it's kind of like your chance to wind down because Friday it's only a, like a half day. I think you go to one session in the morning and then it's over. And so most people kind of disperse and there's some stragglers that might go out to dinner or something on Friday, but Thursday is kind of like the farewell. And, you know, if, it's kind of the point of being there is to be social. So you should meet people you don't know, talk to people, and, you know, you're going to make friendships and, and professional relationships that that hopefully will last. And so, you know, you should take the opportunity to do that if you go.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely a really good point. There's just generally, I mean, that's just true of conferences in general, right? But particularly with WWDC, like the Apple community is very open and people like meeting each other. So take advantage of it and make some, you know, meet
3: meet people and start conversations with people. So um, one of these points on this uh, first-timers guide is taking notes. And uh, he mentions two, two apps for collaborative note-taking, um, which I have not done yet, but I may try this year because I'm really bad at taking notes because when something interests me I put down my pencil or stop typing and I'm like <laughs> I really focus intently at what they're saying and then I have to scramble and type type it so I, I think if you have the to benefit from the community just sort of contributing to all the sessions and then you can also take a look at notes for sessions that you didn't have a chance to attend because there's going to be times when two things are going on at the same time you want to see both but you know you can't. So if you are bringing a friend, you know, don't just go with your friend to each session. You know, split up so you guys can um, cover both and then chat about it later.
0: Uh, one strategy that a, f- a friend of mine who is at Dub uh, Dub used, which I'm not sure if I if it is a good one or not, but it's it's kind of interesting. Is he would not go to the session if there's like multiple sessions going on, and there was one that was like, oh. Uh, I don't know, his app is like an an app uh, that uses maps a lot and there's a map session. He would actually skip the map session because he's probably going to watch it on video afterwards anyway and go to one that's like something he probably wouldn't bother to watch normally. So, you know, go to a talk on advanced memory management or like something that he, some uh, iOS uh, API that he hasn't used before and isn't sure if he's going to use. And he he would go to that talk just because that's like a, a good opportunity to learn something that you wouldn't get around to learning otherwise and kind of expand your horizons a bit so I think that's kind of an interesting approach to choosing which talk to go to
3: yeah I've definitely watched the videos even though even for the sessions I went to just because the you know the quality of these presentations are so high um, and you're gonna get information here that's like crucial to your career you know um, one of the things that I've had to do um, after working on a streaming radios is dig into a framework that I just otherwise wouldn't have touched. And that's AV foundation and AV foundation. The docs are, um, I'd say above average, but, uh, for like general framework documentation, but they're definitely below average for Apple's own standards. I think, I think that, uh, you know, in order for you to get a full understanding of AV foundation, there's not a whole lot of places you can go like stack overflow and the dev forums. And, uh, the documentation in, in my case wasn't enough for me to fully understand how to, um, how to tackle the problem I needed to solve. And, and so I went back and watched previous years' videos on AV Foundation. And then when I went last year, I went to all of the AV Foundation um, sessions, even the ones that were related to video, because the um, AV Foundation design works for audio or video. So I just had to ignore the part that when they talked about video. So, you know, it's it's definitely you know, these these sessions are really dense with information. You're probably going to want to go back and watch them again.
0: The the other thing that we that kind of touches on that is um is the labs. I think we said in a we you said in a previous episode that you you ended up, you know, going to the labs and talking to the AV Foundation guys. If you've if I think that the the labs is the like totally the jewel of WWDC for me. Like being able to go and ask questions and keep asking questions until you understand it or until you know you've you've got some kind of understanding of what's going on is is super duper valuable and I think my, my advice is is if you is to kind of prepare ahead of time what something that I didn't do was figure out all of like write down in the weeks coming up to WWDC what I should have done is write down all of the questions I had so that when I was in the labs like sitting next to the Xcode engineer I could pull up my list and say, okay, cool. Um, I also had a question about this, 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 and this.
3: Right. Yeah, that's a really good point, is to come prepared. I came with some somewhat nebulous questions, and you know, after the week was over, I was like, you know, I really should have had a, like, a prepared a sample, sample. app or something. Yeah, a prepared yeah. sample that I could see. like, okay, this is what I have and it works, but I really want control yeah. over this aspect of it, or this, I'm experiencing this type of side effect or whatever, and uh, you know, it was difficult for me to um, to show them my exact app because there's just there was too many things going on. I needed to distill it into something that uh, they could understand quickly, and I could point directly to. We'll see. I tried that, and this is what it looks like, and I don't like that. So maybe I'm doing it wrong, or is this the way? Or
0: and it's kind of like you just have to put yourself in their shoes because they're developers as well right so it's the same as a as a user coming to you with a bug report and if a user comes to you with this kind of nebulous like I'm pretty sure it doesn't work but I'm not qu- oh let me try and reproduce it oh I can't remember how I did it that, that's harder for you to deal with than if someone says here's the five things that I'm doing it doesn't work this way and look here's the code and we can step through it in the debugger you know like respecting those guys' time and, and you'll get a lot more uh, kind of value out of the out of the labs I think
3: yeah. One, one thing I got from talking to them is that you get sort of some unofficial yeah. n- nudging that can, you know, if you take the hint, you could pretty much guarantee that it's going to uh, pay off in the long run. Like they would look at you and wink and say, you should really be doing this thing over here instead. And they won't tell you why. They're not going to give you a statement that you can go blog later. But it, you know, it was interesting talking to the AV Foundation guys about streaming performance and, Things like that, and one of the things I got was, you know, HTTP live streaming is where all their time is being spent. So, uh, one of the other way of doing it is progressive download of files, and um, that is certainly supported and works. But their focus is on HTTP live streaming, and I got to talk to the guy who in, who I guess he invented the spec, the HTTP live streaming spec. So, who better to talk to about this stuff than the guy who invented it? Yeah, and I I kind
0: of had a similar experience the other way around where I was doing some wacky stuff, some wacky runtime uh, reflection stuff, and I was talking to an Objective-C guy who probably wrote some of the runtime, and I was saying, well, I found these three different ways of doing this thing, but I'm not sure which way is the right way. And he kind of looked at them, and he was like... Well, that way will probably work. That way is the way we do it internally for, for a lot of our stuff. And that one, oh, I forgot we even had that feature. I don't even know if that works. It's probably got bugs in it. You know, like, and having someone just sit there and, and say that is just incredibly, incredibly valuable because you just like cut down your search. You've just like avoided a, a huge blind alley maybe. So super valuable.
2: One of the labs is you can get your user interface critiqued. Um, which is really useful. And Sal Mora pointed out today on his podcast that uh, you can actually file a DTS ticket on uh, the Apple developer site and get one of those anytime.
3: Oh, that's nice. I don't tend to use those very often, so it'd be good to get.
2: DTS is... I think I have the developer ticket or... uh, Technical support. Yeah.
3: And you get like two of those a year as
0: part
2: of your Yeah,
3: (laughs) Yeah. and I just forget that I have them, and sometimes we're stuck on a problem, and, you know, we're... We just kind of push our way through it. and um, I have used them in the past. Um, It's kind of the same story. You have to have a distilled sample that is actionable, which I think is just general good life advice. You know, like when sending somebody an email, if you're asking for help (laughs) or whatever, just like the best possible thing you could do is set up the scenario in a way where they could definitively tell you yes or no. Oh my gosh,
0: Uh, as an open source maintainer, I agree wholeheartedly (laughs) with that (laughs) statement.
1: I managed a tech support department for a company out here, and I had twenty or thirty technicians. And oh, I can't even imagine how much time we would have saved. People knew how to do that. So I want to jump in on one other thing, and that is, is that it seems like there's a pretty big Alt WWDC thing going on. Are you guys involved in that at all?
3: Uh, so last year, I you know I knew a few people who who went to the um, Alt WWDC event it was at stack mob which wasn't necessarily super close uh, to moscone but it was close enough where you would see those folks out at bars and parties and stuff afterwards and they just had kind of i guess there was like open office hours where you could come they had a few technical sessions and then you could come just work on stuff and just be social and be should be part of the overall atmosphere of san francisco during that time and from what i understand it was really well received and they're doing it again this year you can find out the details at altwwdc.com. And I believe it's only like a block or two away from Moscone, so it's even closer. So, you know, you'll, you'll see um, people there. And then I know Cococonf, uh, which is a popular traveling conference, uh, just kind of wanted to, I guess, provide their valuable conference experience for those who want to be at WWDC but couldn't get a ticket. And so they actually had booked a hotel right across the street from Moscone, and they were gonna call it Cococonf Alt, and um, I was actually scheduled to speak there. Uh, so I was gonna to have to duck out for one hour and uh, go give a talk. But uh, theres some official Apple policy about competing conferences within a radius of the the hotel, and they made them cancel. the hotel had to you know give up on them. and uh, it was kind of you know one of those things that's just unfortunate, and uh, there was no really ill will by any specific person. You know, you can read about that on the CocoaConf blog. You know, uh, Dave, the the organizer, is just saying, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, what are we going to do? So hopefully next year they'll be able to do something similar. Um, but that said, there's plenty of things to do in San Francisco during that time. And Alt WWDC seems like the the place to be if you're going to be there and don't have a ticket.
0: Yeah. And and even, you know, there's always been kind of, in a way, the Alt kind of aspect of, of WWDC, which is like all of the evening stuff apart from that Thursday night, like there's normally three or four different kind of competing parties, you know, GitHub and you know, all the all the kind of the, the the trendy startups that you can think of that are based in San Francisco are normally hosting some event. And that's that's a I think it's a great way to to get to meet people outside of the standard kind of conference context. And and if you don't have a ticket, you can still go and
3: presumably get free
0: uh, free food
3: <laughs> probably probably free alcohol so I'm going to read this other tip it's uh, number 27 on this first timers guide, don't sound like a noob it says it's technically <laughs> called the quote worldwide developers conference so logically you'd expect people refer to it as the WWDC only people rarely do it's just WWDC or WWDC or just dubdub. so don't sound like a noob I'm going to start calling it the WWDC dub dub. <laughs> <laughs> why is my old pronunciation of the dub dub? <laughs> Uh another good tip is to update your twitter avatar if you're going if you have you know some sort of abstract picture or, or a cartoon face or whatever you know you want people to be able to find you and recognize you uh, from interactions you've had on twitter so make sure it's your actual face
0: Another one, a good one here is uh, number twenty-four. Bring, bring a jacket. Uh, this is a general, general good advice for San Francisco. Uh, the coldest time of year in San Francisco is the summertime because of the fog, and it, it, it's not what you expect unless you live here. So, uh, yeah, and they give you a jacket, so you're covered. Yeah, that's right. Except when I see, okay, so this is a great, this is a great pro tip. Uh, if you want, if you are not extra large in size and you want a jacket that fits you, go and pick up your uh, your pass earlier than you would think. Because I I went and just kind of sauntered over there on Sunday afternoon, you know, because for me it's just a bar ride to go to Moscone. So I kind of sauntered over there to pick up my my um, my pass, and by the time I uh, showed up. They only had like XXXXXL jackets, so I ended up getting an XXXXL jacket. I am not XXXXL. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife turned the. We ended up uh, turning the um, tape, cutting off the arms of the jacket, and and uh, making a pair of pants for my son. So he has. <laughs> w- <laughs> He's the only person who has
1: WWDC pants. So nice, up. big pants Take with that, Apple. <laughs> Yeah, swag is swag, even if it's a uh, few sizes too big, right? Exactly.
3: Yep. So one thing you can do is keep an eye on the www.dcparties.com uh, website and uh, they will list parties that are, you know, people are throwing. Some of them are invite only. Uh, like I know the Push.io party I went to last year, uh, you had to register for an invite um, and they would send you like a an, uh, a wristband or something. And you go there and there's like sponsors there and they have like swag and Last year, they were demoing a, um it was like a projector that you could plug into the bottom of your iPhone and it would do video out and project the screen onto any surface. Oh, wow. It was pretty interesting. Um, I think, you know, AirPlay might defeat that in its tracks, but uh, but it was still very cool. Uh, I got some gloves that you could, that are like touch sensitive gloves or capacitive capable gloves. Uh, so if you live in a cold environment, uh, you can use your iPhone with gloves. But I live in Houston, so I would just, never used that. <laughs> I don't own a pair of gloves. <laughs>
0: it's the Houston equivalent of an XXXXL jacket. <laughs>
3: yeah. um, but they had good DJ and drinks and, you know, this you're probably not going to pay for a whole lot of drinks at night if you go to these parties. I'm going to
0: put in a very brief plug. I think I, I'm not going to be uh, at the... I don't have a ticket this year, but I... Um, since I live in San Francisco, I think I might host a little very small informal um, test automation kind of meetup slash drink up at some, on some evening. So if, you, if you're if you interested in test automation and you're going to be in San Francisco that week, follow me on, on Twitter, and uh,
1: I'll, be, I'll be tweeting about it near the time, I think. Your Twitter handle is? PH1. PH1. All right. Awesome. So yeah, it's, it's, it's also interesting and and it's fun to watch the keynote and see all the announcements and stuff. Um, Do you guys have any recommendations if you're watching it online?
2: Well, typically can't watch it online live anyway.
1: No, I I mean just the the keynote. Yeah. I mean, my company just, we always, somebody
3: will pick up lunch or, or we'll all just bring our lunch into the conference room and we'll all watch it and talk about it. And um, usually we've got a couple of audio streams going if there's no live video and, you know, we've got the live blogs going. So people yeah. will just kind of shout out the <laughs> scuttlebutt as it is, as it's announced and sort of, you know, make make just an event out of it.
1: Uh, and and that's more or less what I've done. You know, I'll just, you know, sometimes I'll get together with some folks. Most of the time I just have it playing kind of off to the side. And then when they announce that they're, the iMac is, you know, so much thinner than last iMac, then I'll go and look and see what they've done. But that's the other thing that I've been fairly impressed with was just that they have thousands of people watching it online and, you know, generally don't have a problem playing it. So anyway, um, any other advice for for folks who are going to go out to WWDC?
3: Uh, Bring your charging cables. (laughs) (laughs) You're probably not going to have any great opportunities to charge your devices. So as soon as you have an opportunity, you know, take it because... It will be a little bit sad if your phone runs out of batteries and you're not going to be able to find your way around San Francisco to go to the parties or see what people are talking about on Twitter. And speaking of what people are talking about on Twitter, it's kind of funny that Twitter goes kind of, it gets really interesting (laughs) during that week because everybody's kind of shouting off their opinions and their predictions and everything. And all of a sudden now we know what's coming (laughs) up, but we can't say anything about it. So people are very, you know, all of a sudden they just stop talking about Apple stuff. Uh, in specifics and then they start talking more about just oh this room it's all vague stuff so you know you should be in presidio right now because right now it's the you know the coolest thing i've seen Uh, but they can't say anything more than that
1: So, so it's all under nda right yeah i was gonna say so the whole conference is under nda except for the keynote which they make really really public and is the party on thursday night is that nda or is that kind of a public event too It's
0: totally NDA. They don't
1: say who played
0: and what food there
1: was. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess they just don't talk about NDA stuff at the party then.
3: Well, the party, I mean, you can't go to the party without a ticket. Right. So everybody has a tickets already signed the NDA. So the keynote is really the only thing that you can uh, talk about. And so you're not supposed to take pictures or anything like that um, of slides or, or whatever. And then um, afterwards, you know i've heard that they may even be live streaming the videos for the sessions this year but you would have to have signed in with your apple account in which case you're you're bound by the nda and I they're heard- pretty they're pretty strict about that as well like you don't want to abuse that uh, privilege
2: i heard they'd be available about 2 hours after the session
1: oh wow
0: i think i remember like uh, in in previous years having debates with people about whether you could talk about something because it's you learned about it in a session afterwards, but they did announce it during the keynote, so you could reference it in general, but how specific could you get? Did they mention this particular feature about maps? So, so can, yeah. can I talk about it or not? It's really funny.
3: Yeah, I remember looking at... Uh, they had one of those slides where they were like, and... We've included this many new IP APIs in iOS 6. And then it like does one of those um, keynote transition where all the words kind of plop, 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 all over the screen. <laughs> and then I saw one that said unit testing. And all of a sudden, I was getting really excited. Uh, unfortunately, it was for nothing. I don't even know why they put it up there, honestly. But everybody's like reading into those. And they're like, well, how, how, does that mean it's announced or whatever?
1: Yeah, Interesting. All right, well, I think we've pretty well covered this. If you're going to go to WWDC and you want to connect with Ben or Pete, um, who will be out and about over there, you know, feel free to follow him on Twitter. Are there other good ways that you want people to connect with you?
3: Buy an NS Screencast t-shirt and then I will find you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, well, let's get into the picks then. Ben, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, so I already sort of uh, mentioned
3: my tips for this week, <laughs> which were the first-timers guide... Uh, by Jeff Lamarsh, and he updates this every year uh, with some tips. the The next one is a post that's a few years old by Brent Simmons, and it's another um, tips blog about just what to do. Like the first one is drink plenty of water. So it's just you know from people that have been going to this thing for years. Uh, you know they have you know some r- things that they think you shouldn't miss. Like for instance, the Apple Design Awards ceremony, and it's it's interesting because you get to see you know who wins the awards and. That they show up on stage and accept it, and it's a prestigious thing. And anyway, so uh, I will link both of those. And uh, then something unrelated to WWDC that I saw this week, which was cool, is SparkInspector.com. And uh, this is, uh, and I kind of have a feeling that that Pete was going to pick this one. Uh, <laughs> you know what that's, I hadn't thought of that, but I would have done it. Okay.
0: Plus, plus one on that pick. plus one.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I can't really describe it to you other than if you were to take a view hierarchy, blow out all of the, the depth of all the controls and what order they're laid, and then rotate it in 3D space so you can see how they're laid on top of each other. Uh, that's what this thing does for you, and you, so it's basically view debugging. It's a for pay tool, but uh, the opening video just kind of looks pretty awesome. So, I will link to that as well. And those are my picks.
1: That's awesome. Rod, what are your picks?
2: I just have one pick this week, and uh, it's Ruby Motion 2.0 that they announced last week. And it adds the big thing it adds is OS X support. So now you can write Mac apps with uh, Ruby Motion. And they've added templates so you can create your own project templates and plugins for the Motion uh, command line utility. That's
1: my pick. Awesome. All right, Pete, what are your picks? Uh, I just realized that
0: I should, being a local, I should pick some, like, obscure local things that you should do while you're at WWDC. Uh, So I've been furiously Google mapping. Um, (laughs) uh, So my first pick is a very small hole in the wall coffee place called Special Extra. Which, according to Google Maps, is about two blocks from Moscone, Maybe three blocks. They're long blocks, but it's uh, it's nice to walk sometimes. So I recommend going to uh, walking to Special Extra, and I'll I'll send a link in the show notes to the map and stuff. Um, and getting a nice espresso and uh, enjoying the sights and sounds of San Francisco. And How does that compare
3: to a Blue Bottle?
0: It so they serve Blue Bottle coffee. They are not and they are not a Blue Bottle place, but they serve Blue Bottle coffee. So they they do really really good coffee.
3: I've never actually been there, but I order their coffee online quite a bit. Yeah,
0: and yeah, and there's, a, there's an official Blue Bottle there near Moscone. I think it's a, on Mint Street or something like that. But uh, yeah, Blue Bottle's like the, the the kind of the mainstream hipster coffee of San Francisco. For those of you who don't know, my second pick is a, um, a restaurant that's near Moscone called Sueño. And they do good Mexican food, and they uh, do a roaring lunch trade. So they will get you a burrito quickly, and it will be good quality. And it's uh, right opposite the the Yerba Buena kind of gardens, which is right near Moscone. So you can, uh, if it's a if it's if the fog has cleared, you can uh, you can go to Tropasueño get a burrito, sit outside and in, in the sunshine with your new WWDC friends and talk about NDA things. <laughs> um, or except probably you shouldn't talk about nda things because you're not technically at the conference so don't do that and my third pick is being nice to people the concept of being nice to people it's nice to be nice to people and i've been noticing recently that some people online are not nice and some people are and the people that are nice tend to get more achieved in life <laughs> so uh this has been i've been thinking about this a lot recently i have just noticed some people are uh, In the open source communities tend to enjoy their power by being mean to people who need help. And I don't really see the point when you can just be nice to people and uh, you can uh, get a lot more done in
3: life. So that's my third pick. Here, here.
1: Yep. So closely related to your third pick, I read a book over the weekend. and, And this is one of my picks. And it's called The Fred Factor. It's by Mark Sanborn. And uh, he talks about basically being that kind of person that, you know, goes above and beyond in serving people and taking care of people and sort of being a good person. And uh, at the same time, you know, just over delivering. And uh, the example that he uses actually his mail carrier uh, from Denver, you know, he lives out in that area. And uh, he talks about how this guy went above and beyond as a mail carrier, which is kind of a you know a job that I guess you wouldn't really expect people to do that, and so I, I really really like the book. It's it's a really fast read. It's like a hundred pages or something. And uh, anyway, it really inspired me, and I'm hoping to really inspire some other people to do some of the same things to go out of their way and uh, help people out. So anyway, that's one pick. Another pick that I have is uh, ReflectorApp.com. Well, it's Reflector App. It's an app for your Mac. And basically what it does is it enables your uh, your Mac to act as an AirPlay device. And so if you want to mirror the screen on your iPad or iPhone onto a device that you can, like, record things off of and stuff like that, then Reflector's is a cool way to go. And so I've been kind of playing with that. So anyway, those are my picks. We'll wrap the show up. Uh, we'll catch you all next week. And next week we're talking to Ben Lockman about prototypes. So, should be good.
2: Awesome. We'll hope to see some of you folks at WWDC.
1: Yeah, likewise.